0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from the Gospel, Luke, and I read, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Dear friends of Christ, last week we had our Sunday School Rally Day, and of course, that's the time when we rally around God's Word. And today, This morning, as we hear God's Word, and as we do that, rally around God's Word, it makes us very uncomfortable. Sometimes God's Word does that. It just makes us uncomfortable, and our text is one of those times. Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate... Right? That's a strong word, right? It's a word we teach our children not to say. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, hate even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So, now, the, what the Bible says is clear. We're never to question it. You know, We never judge the Bible. We let the Bible judge us. And that's always true. So, again, uh, yet, as we read these words... It just doesn't fit Jesus' character, does it? I mean, what we know of Jesus as loving and tender. I mean, Jesus is all about family. He's all about love. Right? I mean, but when we hear the word hate, we kind of scratch our heads a little bit. What's all that about? Hate our spouse. Hate our spouse. Hate our children. You know, God says we can't even hate our enemies. We have to love our enemies and love those who persecute us. So, so what is this? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife, talk. This is, that doesn't sound like Christ. That sounds like the Antichrist. Jesus spoke these words yet, though, right? So what's up? Well, Jesus Isn't being all warm and fuzzy here and loving? uh, In fact, the Old Testament lesson, the Gospel lesson, it's all law. It's all law. Find some good news there. Open it up. Look for some good news. It's all about being obedient. It's all about following the commandments. It's all about living the way God has called you to live. It's all about being what God expects you to be. You are a child of God. Live that way. And of course, as, as, as Jesus talks here, he speaks in language that is kind of offensive using that word hate. He doesn't use persuasive language, flowery language, and say, why don't you follow me? Because if you follow me, you'll have eternal life. So I invite all of you to come to eternal life. Now Jesus says that in other places. But instead, he does the opposite. He, instead, he tells us how difficult it is if you choose to follow me. And before you do it, you better figure out who you're following. You better count the cost. Before you profess faith in my name, you'd better realize what it means to your life. Because Christianity comes at a great cost. So what's the cost of following Jesus? What does following Jesus cost you? Is there a cost? Think about this, the, the, that this morning. I thought all we had to do is believe in Him and be saved. I thought it was just that simple. Oh no, Pastor, all I have to do is just believe and be saved. Pretty simple stuff. So what, what is this language? Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my, cannot be my disciple. And any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Those are strong words, convicting words. So before you stand up, stand up for Jesus. You better sit down and think a little bit. You better sit down and and consider what's going on. Consider the consequences. Consider the cost. And that's our theme. Consider the cost. And what is the cost of following Jesus? Well, Jesus again said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, he cannot be my disciple. So what do you think of that word hate? I mean, there it is again. How can the same God who tells us to honor our father and mother and to love them, now speak of hatred for them? How can the same God who tells us to love our enemies, and yet now he tells us to hate our spouses and our children and our brothers and sisters? After all, what's more important than family? What's more important than marriage? Well, Jesus is. Jesus is more important than family. Jesus is more important than all that stuff. Jesus is more important than all your activities, all your priorities, all the other things in your life. Jesus is the most important thing. In all of creation. And really that's the point, isn't it? Jesus uses very powerful language and hyperbole, right? Exaggeration. Going over the top to make a point. And, but let there, be no, let there be no mistake. When it comes to our own actions, when it comes to the choices we make, when it comes to how we live our life, obeying the commandments, everyone else... Every other relationship, every other thing takes a back seat to Jesus. You remember the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. God first. Well, this morning, Jesus challenges us that first commandment and all the other commandments for that matter to check our priorities. As a matter of fact, If you listen to God speaking to Moses in the Old Testament there in in, in Deuteronomy, See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey, that's that following Jesus, taking up your cross and following Jesus. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules, I'll be with you. If you consider the cost, And, of course, Jesus gives us a challenge. And, of course, we, we're here supposed to check our priorities. What are your priorities with Jesus? Now, I know you're here today. But a good way to check your priorities is how does God's Word fit into your life? How does God's Word fit into your life in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, throughout the week? Think about your priorities. Think about the Sundays when you're not here. Where are your priorities with Jesus? And where is Jesus in all that? Consider the cost. Do you go to church and come to church so that you can be fed the body and blood, or do you stay away from the church because it's easier to listen on the Internet or to watch stuff on TV? Do you consider the cost of coming To be with the people of God and eating and drinking His body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins? Or do you not prioritize the reception of all that? And is that a wise priority choice to make, to stay away? What is it that keeps you from the Lord's house? Is it sports or recreation? Is it children's activities? Those can certainly do it. Is it the lake, a boat, a golf club, a fishing pole? And what what about Bible class? Why are so many people so bold to skip Bible class? Where's the priority? I mean, are there better things out there to do, or does God's word just bore you that much? What does Jesus have to say about our priorities? about following his commandments now right now (laughs) we could use some good news from jesus but he just turns up the heat whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple now there's a debate about what jesus meant when he said take up the cross and and what does that cross mean and uh Well, I can tell you what it's not. It's not kind of those pesky little annoying things that happen day to day like having to stand in a long line at the grocery store or not being able to find your Wi-Fi password. That is not a cross. Those aren't crosses. You You know what crosses do? Think about a cross. Crosses have one purpose, kind of like a guillotine or a noose. Yeah, crosses have a purpose, and that's to suffer and to maim and to kill. Suffering and death. And that's the conclusion our first century listeners would have heard as Jesus spoke these words, take up your cross and follow me. And so what are you dying to? When you take up your cross, you're dying to self. I'm going to follow in the ways of the Lord. I'm going to pick up His commandments. And if the world doesn't like it, I'm willing to suffer persecution. I'm willing to suffer loss and and even death to follow Christ. Well, that's a tough sell. I once tried to instruct a man in the Christian faith, and I had taken him through all my adult instruction classes and was on our last discussion, and he said, Pastor, you know what? I'll join the church... I'll follow Jesus as long as I don't have to give up my alcohol. No, I'm not, I'm not going to give up my alcohol for anyone. I'm not giving up my alcohol for anyone or anything. Are you ready to consider the cost? What does it cost to follow Jesus? What kind of cross of obedience and priorities does God expect us to bear? And when is it enough? Well, I guess in order to find any gospel in this, any good news in this, I have to bring us outside of our text and consider the cross that Jesus had to bear for us, right? I mean, consider the cross that Jesus bore for you and for me. As Jesus is speaking these words, you know what's happening? He's on his way to Jerusalem. You know why he's going to Jerusalem? He's going to bear his cross. And he's bearing his cross for you, and he's going to bear the cross for me. And what was the cost? Well, you know the cost. You know the price he paid. You know what he had to endure. You know what he did. It's like he said, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, and he was prepared. He considered the cost. How much pain is this going to take? What's the price going to be for me to save their souls? What do I have to do? How difficult is it going to be? And Jesus considered the cost. He crunched the numbers. He gave up everything. Literally gave up everything. And he was ready to be humbled, even by death, even by death on a cross. And he was willing to be punished for our sin. To have his heavenly Father pour down his wrath on him. And he took up his cross so that we could follow him. Jesus took up his cross so we could follow him. Now that's a different way of saying it. Instead of take up your cross and follow Jesus, we say Jesus took up his cross so that I have the privilege of following him, taking up my cross and following him. Jesus has redeemed us. We are all free from sin. We are all free from the curse of death. And we're all free from the punishment of hell. That's good news. Jesus co- counted the cost and gave his life that we might live. Oh, well, Not only to live eternally, he gave his life so that we might follow in his ways. If you love me, keep my commandments. Consider the cost. You know, Jesus was headed to Jerusalem like a king that's going to battle. He knew what he was going to have to fight the devil, sinned death. And Jesus headed into that battle, not with an army, with boots in the ground. He went into battle all alone, forsaken. And Jesus considered the cost. What was it going to be like to be forsaken? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he considered the cost. And he renounced everything. He renounced family. He renounced life. He renounced possessions. He renounced influence. He renounced power. And he renounced it all to save us, to save you. Jesus considered the cost of your salvation and he concluded this You're worth it, you're worth the pain. You're worth the suffering. You're worth the cross. You are more precious to Jesus than anything else in the whole universe. And Jesus didn't just redeem you with cheap stuff. He didn't just redeem you the easy way. He considered the cost. He paid the price. And He gave His holy Innocent precious blood, innocent suffering and death, that you might be His own and live with him forever in His kingdom and follow Him. So here's the truth of the matter. I mean, if our discipleship following Jesus depended on our obedience to God, if our discipleship, our following Jesus, depended on, on us, Jesus have no disciples, not one, none. There'd be no one following Jesus. If following Jesus depended entirely on us counting the costs, crunching the numbers, figuring out how to do it all, doing the homework, we'd never get out of the starting gate. Jesus is everything. We follow him because he's done everything. And we serve Him because He deserves to be served. We love Him because He deserves to be loved. We obey Him because He deserves to be obeyed. We love because He first loved us. We take up our cross and follow Him because He took up a cross and saved us. And all this is why Jesus is always drawing near to you. And He draws near to you in the waters of holy baptism and He washes you. Because this is where you're recreated. This is where every day we remember our baptism. We remember I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The new, the old is gone. The new has come. And then we're baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we teach. We teach you to observe, right? Everything that I have commanded you. And I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Teach them to obey. Teach them to follow. Teach them to take up their cross. Be baptized and taught. And then we come to the altar. And here we receive the body and blood of Jesus. And He draws near to you as He sheds His body and blood. And we come to this meal for a reason. There's a reason it's up here today. Jesus comes to you to feed you. To assure you. To give you that life and forgiveness, His body and blood, so that you can bear your burdens. So that you can walk through the crosses of your life. Have you ever considered the cost of your salvation? Jesus gave us two parables, illustrations, talking about it. Who goes to war without considering the cost? Who builds a tower without considering the cost? That would be foolish. Well, what's true physically is also true spiritually. Who follows Jesus without considering the cost? No, Jesus. Jesus doesn't want you to hate your family. Jesus doesn't want you to hate your spouse and your children. No, but he does want you to let go of your life. He does want you to trust in him to relinquish control to Jesus. Let him be your Savior. Let him be your God. Follow in his ways. Believe that he's working all things together for your good. He uses bane and blessings, suffering and pain, sickness and death to sanctify us, to teach us, to keep us humble. He uses persecution to prepare our souls for an eternal journey of joy in His presence. So consider the cost. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and a life everlasting that you may depart in His peace. Amen.